Welcome to Let's Drone Out, the original and best drone-themed podcast. We record the show live on the Thursday night on youtube.com forward slash Let's Drone Out, and our lovely patrons help with the editing costs. These are... Wacky Wes. Mikey Dread. Art Faulkner. Carlos Campos. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Let's Drone Out. Tonight we are joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello. Any chance of a disclaimer, mate? Any views expressed by any guests on this show are personal and may not reflect the views of others. Thank you. And <laughs> we are joined by a friend of mine, Painter360. Evening. And a friend of the show. Uh, we are joined by... Welcome to your second episode, the lovely Blue Owl. Hi. And we've got this uh, very Scottish man, which you may or may not understand. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're looking at maybe implementing subtitles. It's Greg. Hello. Hello, from E-Wings. And we've got Andrew slash Frank. Good evening. In another Christmas jumper, my friend. Oh, yeah. What's uh, going on? Right on? Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm painting. How many more are we going to see? Uh, I just have to keep watching every week and find out. <laughs> and my loving wife, who's muted themselves and turned the camera off. My Bonjour. Tony. Did you uh, turn it off because you were in the mood of me, or? No, just in case you started throwing it all at me again. I was just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, we found out that you can't be trusted. So anyway, uh, so in place of Andy RC, we've got Painter360, uh, which is, I think, a really good idea to have you on because you actually own one of uh, Greg's new wings that were called the, uh, the Black Hawk. And when we were chatting to you last time, you uh, were saying and, and had like a little vote on what graphics to put on your wing. And we can see that you've gone with a PCB circuit board design. So it's all your fault. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember yep. voting for it. Yeah, absolutely. So so that so I did. And um it's even got a much more complicated graphic design Ooh. thing at the bottom. But oh, nice. um but I, I I'm here as a as a, an impartial well, not impartial because I've flown <laughs> loads of things, but just as a, as a pilot who's actually flown uh, some of Greg's stuff, because I know I know Greg will be very uh, self-effacing and just kind of like play down how good it is, and I can talk to how good it actually was because I have flown it and flown it a lot. It's uh, it, yeah, good fun. So anyway, we've got <laughs> Greg. He's uh, part of E Wings. I believe you're based up in Scotland. I am. Yes. Yep. Just, very just interesting. Uh, very, yeah, Glasgow. Uh, I'm a massive, massive uh, Big Clive fan, so I'm hoping I'm slightly bilingual. So, um, <laughs> well, as I was saying before the show, I'm, I'm actually going to tone it down tonight and try and slow it, slow it up a bit, so you can sort of understand every third word, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've done research. What I did, I read a couple of Erwin Welsh books, and if you've ever read them, he actually writes in a Scottish accent. You have to get the the voice in your head yeah. to get it so that's quite handy yep i i that's was great. actually looking for iron brew as well to drink on tonight's show <laughs> <laughs> i can't find it anywhere yeah iron brews for oh yeah i know but like, i don't drink but yeah uh Chanuk's tea cake or something i don't know but, uh, yeah. just, i'm just any kind of Deep scottish fried a couple of mars bars. you're good <laughs> deep fried mars bars yep <laughs> Who's got the hamster squeaking in the background? Sorry, that's my 3D printer. I'll go switch it off. Hey. No, 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 don't stop a print. Don't stop a print. What's not moaning about it, though? No, it just sounded like a hamster going around in the world. <laughs> I was just like wondering if the poor thing's okay, but if it's a 3D printer, that's cool. I can switch it off. It's fine. Oh, will it, will it start back to... at exactly the same No, bit? no, I'll never, I'll never do that. Don't ruin it. 
Just Tony's just uh, Tony's just missing having Danny in his hamster wheel on the ground floor. <laughs> yeah. That's well, why no, it took Tony a bit longer to set up today, wasn't it? He didn't have enough power. He had to go flick some switches. No, don't do that. Don't turn yeah. it off. Tony's oh, more no. used to gerbils. <laughs> that is much better, though, isn't it? Oh. Oh. Tony, you can you can phone the customer tomorrow and explain why his delivery is late. <laughs> <laughs> I will. You're a dead man. It's been nice knowing you, Tony. <laughs> No. I'll tell you what, I, I can remote in to work from this computer. This is send me the FCL. Yeah. Do you want Frank to print it for you? <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start uh, E-Wings, Greg? It wasn't me that actually started it. Um, I'm actually a bit of an imposter. Um, okay. It was started by uh, <laughs> a good friend of mine who I kind of regularly fly with, uh, Ewan. He started it back in... I think it was 2018. Ewan so is he... a name, Blue Owl. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't ask how to spell it, because that will confuse you even further. Um, yeah, it's spelt wrong. It's it's only interesting, because, yeah, I knew I knew it was, it was Ewan beforehand, and it was only interesting because we were both on two separate forums and kind of knew each other from two different worlds. Yeah. Well, me and, Ewan idea, were on the, me and Ewan were on the, is it the FPV hub back in the day, FPV and I believe hub, yeah. you were on there as well, so... That's, That's how right. I kind you, of. You was also on Rollmuck, which is a gaming uh, forum as well. So we were right. we were both discussing Xbox and Wings at the same time. Ah, yeah. So Yoon's a Yoon's a really decent guy. He he was actually him that started it, and he was running it pretty much until the start of this year. And I think just with you know his work commitments and he's got a young family, and I believe he, yeah his wife's uh, expecting a second as well. So he's got his his hands full at the moment so it was a case of uh he had to kind of either stop it or or pass it on to somebody else to kind of continue it and because just me being my selfish way i wanted oh i, I, I need you know be able to get my wings so if you ain't stopping then i'll 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 jump in and i'll take over from there so i think it was like around about april time i took over for this year um and yeah it's been fun ever since <laughs> <laughs> So have you designed any wings yourself since? So Ewan uh, started off with the Vortigon, which is like, it's it's pretty much like the big one behind me. Um, however, this is a, my kind of second version of it, but it's very similar to that one. And that was the one he kind of launched the company with. And it was very popular for like kind of long range, efficient FPV flying. So he, he actually sold quite a lot of those throughout the UK and, and world. And back on that, it came out the Firefly, which was like the forward swept wing. That was his as well, and that was personally my one of my favourites. Um, and then he also released the Vortini, which was like the scaled down version of the Vortigaunt behind me. Um, so he was trying to aim for like a, a sub 250 one. During that time, that the sub 250 was all the kind of crazy at that. Um, so he was just trying to kind of fill that market with, with that. Um, but as I said, it kind of got got too much, and I've taken over, and I've now released the Black Hawk, which is that one there. Um, I've also released the Spectra, which is our spec racing wing, um, and I'm currently working on a new one just now that hopefully, well, it could be ready the end of this month, but I'm probably going to leave it till next year, maybe January, February time. So you can look at it this way. I've, I've made the same amount of planes as you did, but I did it in nine months. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how are you making them Greg? are you literally there with a hot wire cutter or are you are you sort of outsourcing the bits or, or what it's everything's done by me um hence why i'm getting starting to get gray hair now um it's all all hand uh hot wire cut in a cnc machine i source all the all the materials all the parts all the components and just bring it all together to produce these kits so um yeah a lot of the time it's it's very bespoke kind of stuff as well um as well as, you know, it's kind of, I can't really stack my shelves up with stock and just sell it. I kind of have to do almost like one at a time or pre-orders and things like that because my time's very limited. I, I work, you know, um, I run my own digital marketing business. So a lot of my weeks, pretty much all of my weeks taken up with that. So any any kind of spare time that I'm getting, I'm nipping out to the garage to, to cut foam. Yeah. So if you're... Building one wing at a uh, one wing at a time. How long does it take you to make one? Well, um, it de depends. Like, see, for instance, the Black Hawk. Um, I can get two of those out of a one block of foam. Um, so I made two today, and it probably took me about 
probably about four hours, and then maybe I'll, I'll spend about another hour bringing all the components together, packaging up and boxing it, um, and then I could put those two on the shelf. So it's about it's about five hours of my work, but that's not me. To be, to be fair, that's not me working constantly five hours. It's me pressing the go button on the machine and keeping an eye on it. It's not me kind of slaving over it and sweating. It's just me kind of keeping an eye on it because um, it's like an unwritten rule. If you were to leave it, then it'll all mess up and you'll have to start again. So I have to be there to keep an eye on things and make sure it's cutting things properly. And it works when it's being observed. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you always think, I'll nip in, I'll make a cup of tea, but by the yeah. time you come back, it's like, instead of a nice smooth line, it'll be a, a zigzag cut and, mm. yeah, sod's law. Yep. Is that a... Four axis, uh, four axis CNC, yeah, yeah, hot wire. So you got two two axes gantries and then the hot wire yes. in between. And, Correct, yeah, yes, nice. And I uh, just current running through the 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 the, the wire, which is like um, see the the wires that they use in vaping for the heated mm. coils. It's just and like wire, right? it's, it's pretty much yeah, nichrome. Yeah, um, use that to cut it. Cut very slowly. Mm. Some people think you just it cuts quickly, but it does about one millimeter a second just to get that kind of nice finish mm. how did you get started into the hobby were you fixed wing guy or did you start with quads or no no i was a uh, i was even old school I, I i joined a club and learned how to fly a uh, ic planes like uh nitro yeah, planes yeah so yeah. um i was trying to work out the day because i thought you might have asked me so it's about, about 2009 i got into the hobby flying line of sight uh, fixed wing um, and it wasn't about 2012. Um, I started FPV. It was, I think it was a Bixler uh, with a fat shark video transmitter. And I think it was teleporter goggles or my first set of FPV goggles. Um, yeah, it was really bad, but it, it got me into it. And the Bixler flew great. Um, it was like it's such an easy entry for FPV as well. But at the club I was flying at the time, this was like alien technology to them. So they actually kind of themselves and kicked me out of the club because um, <laughs> the, 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 clinic, the club, the rules were like, this is all new. They weren't sure. And they were thinking, I don't know if it was BMFA or SAA, but um, yeah, I don't think they were, they were unsure of FPV at that particular time. So they didn't really know what to do with me. I was a bit of a, a problem for them. And they didn't essentially kick me out of the club, but they sent me an email pretty much along those lines. <laughs> I was like, okay. but since then I found a, a, a new club that's a lot more kind of welcoming. Um, yeah. So I've been doing, I've been doing FPV since 2012 uh, with a Bixler, also all the flying wing stuff, Robert flying wing. So I had um, the Venturi, I had the Falcon, like a lot of his wings um, was, was kind of the platform that enabled me to kind of get into it. And obviously that's how I kind of got down more of the kit building route because I was basically flying wings. So I'm essentially doing exactly what Rob's doing. Um, I, I've known Rob's for years. I spoke to him several times as well. And same with Ewan. When he first started, he was quite uh, pally with, with Rob as well. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. flown along with a a Genesis wing and that. So mm-hmm. I was really impressed with the quality of those guys. So Yeah, I guess, his, I his wings that, were brilliant, yeah. Yeah, I guess that led you into good stead and being like, you know, I know yep. what I want. So... Yeah. Um, uh, on this this one hopefully will lead into painless talking. So how come you're only selling in the UK? <laughs> I'm not. I'm selling worldwide. Uh, well, the Black Hawk. <laughs> the Black Hawk, okay. Um, well, <laughs> how, how do I word this? Um, let, let, let painless answer. <laughs> That's what I would do. Shall, shall I shall I set the scene in a diplomatic <laughs> way, Greg? Yeah, yeah, set right. the scene. Yeah. Okay, so um, I was made aware that this thing called the Black Hawk existed, but I just happened to be scrolling through Instagram, as you do, and there was this picture of, I think it's actually the wing that's behind Greg at the moment, sat on, what, like a bench at sunset in a lovely field, and it was just, it was wing porn, is what it was. And I kind of stopped to look and thought, gee, that's that's pretty good. So what I thought I'd do, I, th- I thought, okay, well, I'll get in touch with Greg and we'll have a chat. Um because it kind of looks a bit drakish. So Greg and I had a chat and Greg was saying, oh yeah, it's a wing. It's not final. It's kind of version one. And then, um, and then the next, I said, oh, brilliant. You know, I think, I, I think I'd like one of them. And he said, oh, great. That's fab. Yeah. You know, once I've finished the design, uh, I'll get you one. You can have a go. It's like, brilliant. Okay. And then about four weeks later, I'll speak to Jack and Jack went, uh, I've heard from Greg. He's got, he's just about to slit his wrist. 
and give up on the whole thing. <laughs> and I kind of went, what? I only spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and it was all go, go, go. So then I rang Greg and uh, you'd had a little bit of a tough time, I think it's fair to say. You'd posted yeah. a lot of images of the Black Hawk and um, parts of the community had been uh, a little bit aggressive and a little bit nasty about the fact that it was um, a rip-off I think was the kind of words that were being used of of things like the the mini of uh, the nano drax and the mini drax, and um, I mean we can get onto the fact about whether or not it is or not later on. But I know when I spoke to you that second time, I literally had to you know if you remember the conversation we were talking about, we I, do, I yeah. kind of had to back you off the edge of the of the bridge you were about. To I was actually off. driving down the moor when I just felt like uh, maybe I could drive this off the bridge. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I am. Um, Pretty much when when we spoke that day, I I I was I think I was down to like my last block of foam, and I was at as soon as that block of foam's done, that's it. I'm going to shut up shop. I don't need to kind of deal with this kind of hassle abuse. Um, abuse, yeah. Well, yeah, hassle abuse. Um, it's not like I'm dependent on the business. This business is purely fun for me. I enjoy making these wings. Um, if I wanted to make money online, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't choose to do this business. You could probably make more money slicing tomatoes at McDonald's than <laughs> cutting uh, cutting foam. Um, purely because we're competing with the China and, the, and and Chinese prices, so I have to kind of bring my prices right down um, to to their kind of level. Obviously, mass production. So, and I said it's about five hours for two, and then you know I, I'm trying to sell at a price. You know, I'm invoicing my clients at work a decent kind of day's work and then I'm coming into my garage at night working for like essentially nothing it's a bit of a loss of motivation at that point but then Lee managed to kind of encourage me so it's his fault to be honest yeah I, all, all I did was just talk you down and then uh, but, the, but the thing that came out of that to kind of go back to Jack's question was you you did as a result of that um, that vitriol that you got from part of the community about you were ripping off right wings design, you did do the right thing. You were very gentlemanly and, and upfront about it, and actually got in contact with Chris at Right Wing, didn't you, and had a chat yeah. with him? Because I, I mean, I've, I'm not really whether I sold a hundred of these or I didn't sell any of these. It didn't really matter to me, so I wanted to obviously ask Chris first. So if Chris was okay with it, then I'd be happy to sell it. But on the, the flip side to that, if he wasn't cool with it, then I'd be happy to sell none of them as well. So I wasn't really actually going to be losing anything by reaching out to him to get his permission first. And fortunately enough, Chris was kind enough to kind of give me his blessings, even though, to be honest, I probably could have sold it anyway without them. But I just wanted to kind of make sure, you know, I didn't want to cause any kind of problems between, between people in the community. Yeah. It is an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because... Um that's not the first Ford sweat wing. And you know, it's when everybody else builds regular wings, no one's shouting, Hey, that's a rip off of the right wing Z. That's exactly it's the, a completely yeah. generic design. That's the point I was going to make. If I released like a regular kind of traditional wing, like every other wing on the market, nobody would have batted an eyelid. But the thing is you started the design of the black Hawk with a blank piece of paper. You and I have talked about this at length. You know, yeah. you, you've ended up with the shape of the Black Hawk because that's the shape it has to be to fly well. And and the law yeah. of aerodynamics just happens to be that that's the, that's the shape you have to end up with. Because you, you went through quite a few iterations to get to the final version, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the process. And, like, you know, I, I tried to kind of consciously make it as different as I could because I knew the backlash I was going to get. But the more and more I kind of proceeded into the kind of the R&D stages, the more I was thinking, no... The fuselage needs to come out a bit more. Oh no, the wings need to come in. Oh, it's like oh no, this is becoming a mini drag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know there are there are there are differences. Um, you know, obviously the airfoil being the biggest kind of difference from the mini drag, um, and that's purely a, a, a design choice on my kind of selfish needs. I wanted um, a fast wing. Um, I've got the Vortigaunt there, which is like a really efficient airfoil, and you could probably put a lot of you know, battery capacity in that and fly all day with that one. So, you know, I've got the efficient flyer. I wanted something I could fly, you know, fast. So I've, I've opted for the, the kind of the racing style airfoil, um, a bit less efficient, but, you know, it's fast and fun. And, and you can definitely tell um, when you fly the Black Hawk and if, you've, if you're kind of used to flying the Mini Drac, you will notice that there is, uh, there is a difference. You notice it straight away. Um, I noticed it straight away because I, 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 when I first made in the Black Hawk, 
I was thinking, well, this might fly similar to a drac. I might be happy if it's very similar or close, but actually it's it's completely different. Yeah, and I'd, I'd second that. I'd, as somebody who has Dracs, Dart, XLs, a lot of the forward swept one, you know, and you and I joked it's probably got more in common with Thunderbird 2 than it does with the mini Drac. <laughs> you know, um, I wish I called it that now. What, the Thunderbird 2? Yeah. <laughs> or the Thunderbird 2.5. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it does, it, it, it flies It flies completely differently. You know, and, and, and I know when I, I, I rang you the day after I made mine, uh, just to let you know, I haven't completely destroyed it. And uh, and we had a long chat, and you and you were like, "That's exactly what I feel about it." But if I say it, everyone's just going to say, "Well, of course you're going to say that." You designed the thing, but you designed this for you, didn't you? You didn't set out to make a, a no. clone of anything. You just like no. wanted one for your own edification and fun. Yeah, to be honest, this was a bit of a, obviously, you know, the business has been handed over to me. I've now got all these, you know, kind of facilities to make fixed wing aircraft. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to make one for me. Uh, I don't really care about making one for Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, and then yeah, the, my dad always said, if you design something for yourself, then you know, like you'll find others that will also like it as well. And that was the kind of the idea. But I never actually set out to kind of fill a niche in the market or like cater for this certain individual. It was it was for me. I wanted I wanted something that kind of ticked these boxes. And then when I posted it online, it kind of went a bit nuts. And people were were really interested to learn more about it and get some more information on it. And so my intention was never to sell it. Um, but it was only once I posted it in the community that um, you know, the kind of the demand kind of grew from there. So what was your process of uh, developing? You obviously made some prototypes. Did you sort of fly them and then sort of with a little notebook say, Yeah, I need to chop a bit off the nose and I need more battery capacity and I need to yeah. move it around? How, yeah. how many iterations was it? I think it was about it was about four, but technically five, roughly. Um, the first one was just literally me throwing it to get it to glide, glide good. Um, so that was it. Actually, got to my second prototype before I felt it was gliding good. And then once I started gliding, then I took it out to fly. I flew it, and then I kind of judged the characteristics from there: the roll rate, you know, how much actually capacity, battery weight it could carry. So the, the weight will determine the length of the nose and then the roll rates and then all, everything from down the shape of your elevons, like how wide it is at the, at the tips and how narrow it is at the kind of the root. Everything kind of determines how, how, how it flies. So the changes I did make from kind of prototype two to the final one was actually only a few little changes, but enough to kind of make all the difference. And did you end up with the wing you wanted to build for yourself or are there still little bits that you're like, well, maybe I'll... Just no, no, I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm sure, I'm sure there is, to be honest. Um, there are probably little things I could probably change, um, but nothing that's going to kind of warrant me kind of sitting down and designing it and generating all the G-code again, editing the G-code. And it's, it's just not worth the time, um, to be honest, because, I, I mean, what you could probably do to kind of change it, you could probably actually do yourself by, you know, your own kind of custom modifications and stuff like that. But the way I'm kind of shipping them just now is it's like a great flying wing and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy and proud of it to, to kind of ship out. So anything, any slight changes that I'm going to make to it is probably not going to be worth my time, to be honest, because it's going to be such a little impact. Yeah, because that was the only suggestion I had that would back to you was can I have a little bit more room for the flight electronics? Do you remember the co- when we talked mm. about that? And, and and although you could do that, it's just as easy for me to cut that piece of foam with a sharp knife um, and then make my own yeah. um, cover for the for the bay. It's very customizable because it because it is literally a load of flat pieces that you get, with the exception of the wing profiles and the and the kind of the side nacelles. The rest yeah. of it's all flat packed, so you can, you can just do what you want with it. And the nose is, uh, you know, you can 3D print your own, which is, which is kind of fun. I figured that out in the end about because yeah. that was like, my hardest choice was which which camera do I put in it actually? All yeah, and that was a that was a bit great for me. A lot of these kits you're having to hack hack the foam up to accommodate different styles of cameras. But now I've been working with a, a guy called John who's doing all the 3D design for us, and he's actually I think we've pretty much hit every kind of HD camera on the market. We've maybe bought a couple, but there's always more coming out. So. Yeah, there's the run cam there. Yeah, that's the way I went for it. And um, but but you guys have all these different versions. But the thing is, you've got you've got to kind of print the nose. That's the only thing I, that I struggled with a little bit, trying to get the CG right because you kind of have to know what the weight in the very front of the nose is going to be. Yeah. So you have to know your camera. So you have to know the weight of the three D printed yeah. part. 
to, to know where your servos are going to go. So you kind of, it's one of those things where you have to kind of guesstimate yeah. a little bit for the last stages. We're, we're going back to kit building. Like we've, we don't realize how good we've got it with these kind of Chinese injection molded ones where everything's comes and you just open the box and throw it and it flies. It's, we came from the days where I'm sure Curry Kitten, you know, you, I know that you were kind of into um, flying wing stuff as well, I believe. And it's yeah, all about I'm still. Yeah, taping servos onto the wings and taping components yeah. on. on let let me grab phone. my wing. I'll show you what a mess it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you know, you, you tape the components onto the wings first and the fuselage before you cut any foam to make sure you're hitting CG. Um, but whereas now everything, you know, you've got a servo bay all pre-cut for you and things like that. But but yeah, yeah. this is exactly what you had to do. All these components on there, because yeah. this came, this this is uh, one of the, I think it was one of the prototype Falcons. This just came as a flat piece of foam. So what you had to do is you literally had to tape all your bits on and then you had to see if it hit CG. And if you were happy with that, you start going with your sharp knife and making holes for things, which I haven't done particularly well. <laughs> the servers are at least in there. But yeah, this is not aerodynamic, but it is also like eight years old and it's mostly held together with this bits of glue and stuff. But my entire wing came off one time and went to a tennis court. But yeah, so <laughs> the fact you can now stuff a large amount of stuff in the nose and you really don't i suppose you did, did you go into the wing at all to put like um i mean you might put like a vtx one side and a, a receiver the other side if you really wanted to separate out mightn't you but yeah. yeah i'd probably recommend doing that with the wing um however the you know i I use dgi now so it's great so everything's up in the nose in terms of the video transmitter and the camera so i don't really need to be putting anything out in the wing anymore i'm actually fully converted now well i've got a couple of analog planes but to be honest i probably i'm thinking about converting them to dji as well mm. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, just carry on we call ourselves pure but really we're cheap <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it honestly it's like i was the same and but once you once you do it honestly you can't go back honestly and is uh has everyone seen the the the, the news about the dgi with the uh uh, the FPV quads that's been leaked. I mean, it's obviously not been confirmed, but there's been uh, been some interesting pictures. Uh, it'd be nice to have Andy on to discuss it, but he's not here this week. I don't know why. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you open a business repairing these drones, you're going to make a fortune. No, think I, about, I know someone who does that. Think about, <laughs> think about the amount of... If that comes to the market, think about the amount of repairs... It could be interesting because it could put people that have just flown the camera drones thinking they can fly them in the same way, but perhaps <laughs> they'll be able to mm. because we were we were talking about it. Um, I don't know, I was talking to Andy about it when he was sort of discussing it, and they they could put all sorts in because DJI wouldn't wouldn't necessarily just say, "Oh, let's use Beta Flight." They're just like, "Let's have our own flight controller" because they've certainly done it mm. before. When they released NASA, it was light years ahead of anything else, and no one managed to clone it. So they could well have like fly like an idiot mode, and you can slam your sticks around and nothing happens. Then they could have a a switch for um, acro, and it might Emergency it might be GPS enabled. Who knows? Button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really hope that is true, and that does come to the market because I think that it's going to bring so much more people into the hobby. It's a better entry level, but I said. It's going to be tough love when they spend you know thousands of pounds on this entry kit and you know within ten minutes they're smashed got the all smashed up. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it on the LDO Discord uh, this week, and you know, I was saying on there that you know it's a whole different set of skills. Like even if it's the most intuitive thing to fly, and they've like got you know made it as easy for a Mavic pilot to try and fly it, just fly you know the footage that you want from it is like shooting gaps or you know diving a building or something and that's going to be different skills from what those people are going to have who are kind of the standard dji users so even if i I can see it being like really really popular all these guys going out and buying one and then flying it once around a field going ah it's not as exciting as i thought it might be from the video and then it's sitting in the you know, in their camera bags, along with like a 360 camera and a GoPro, because um, like that's that's how most of those things seem to go. Is that they get bought up and then kind of sit there unloved a bit. I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think a lot of DJI pilots coming from those flying camera ships 
that do an awful lot of the hard work for them. Um, yeah, D- DGI can't have the barrier to entry so high that those, you know, like you said, those people don't come in, buy it, and ten minutes later, it's it's a it's a smashed piece of plastic in the car park. You know that that like I don't think I don't think that's gonna. It's gonna be fascinating to see what they do to make it, like you said, have a have a flying camera friendly switch. Uh, and then you can kind of turn that off. It'll be really interesting because uh, because I've got you know five inch quads here, race full on racing six S quads with the DJI stuff on. Um, that are epic, but there's no bloody way I would give the sticks to a pilot that only ever flown things like a Mavic because they just you know it, it's like trying to give someone who's ever only ever driven an automatic car giving them a manual and expecting them to be able to drive it. It just it's mm. a it's a slight, it's a slightly different skill set. It is interesting because you still see lots of people managing to buy like a Mavic and crash it within 10 minutes. And I like, I was testing mine out trying to crash it into a wall and it says, no, there's a wall there. I don't know what they do. How do you do it? (laughs) I think, I think, I think you have to work very, very hard. Very hard. They're talented in very different ways. Yeah, I was going to say it comes natural to more people. Some people. (laughs) I think so. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Greg, there's been a good question. Uh, Richard Warwick talked about it, which was about how on the site at the moment, most of the stuff uh, isn't in stock. And you've touched on it a little bit, talking about the fact that at the moment you're you're mad. And obviously we're not helping tonight. Yeah, thanks. Bring to off, right? Because, you know, that, that customer is going to be annoyed tomorrow. Yeah. But, uh, but can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know uh, while lockdown was happening, you had quite yeah. a bit of time to play with this stuff. And at the moment, you're a little bit busy with other things. Yeah. During lockdown, it, it was like I had the time to kind of, like we brought, you know, you know, a bit of R&D, you know, I could actually go flying. <laughs> it was great. Um, but, you know, um, as I said, I'm in marketing. So this time of year for me is absolutely hectic, you know, with your Black Fridays and your Christmases and your New Year's coming up. So uh, to be honest, yeah, I've, I've switched the stock off in the meantime um, from the website. But um, I probably will be looking to switch it back on in the New Year, January, February time. However, if you're absolutely desperate, I mean, um, you can message me directly um, and beg. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> no, but if you, if you, you really want some bribes, is that what I said? Bribes, right? Yeah, yeah. No, tiny. honestly, if, if you're really wanting one, then you can message me um, directly. Um, I could probably maybe leave my email address on on the chat. Send me an email address and, and let me know. Um, it shouldn't be a problem. I've I've got foam here. It's just purely been a time thing. I don't have the time right now. But however, if if I can get one or two or three or four in maybe before Christmas, then. That, that's not a problem for me to do. Have you done any uh, like ready-to-fly stuff yet? Uh, see, this is something I've been thinking about. Um, it's something, you know, like a build surface service is something I am considering. But again, that's a time thing as well. It's an even more time. Yes. But, um, but you, you know... You charge more for that. Like. I could charge more for it, absolutely. Um, but I don't know how people would feel about it because I think a lot of my customers are, are kit builders and they're very... They've got their way of doing things, you know, way of, you know, attaching the hinges, a way of, you know, laminating a bit of, you know, doing that. So if I was to kind of do it my way and ship them out that way, it might cause actually more problems than, you know, than it could cause me more of a headache. Um, But, you know, it's something I am considering. And um, I've had a lot of kind of people who are coming in from, you know, the quad, you know, they're they're just flowing quads and they want to get into fixed wings. And they, they like the kind of the wings, but they wouldn't know how to build it then. Maybe somebody like that, you know, could qualify for something. I could you know, build it and go, like, this is the way I would build it. This is how I would fly it and kind of ship it ship it to them like that. But I think more of your kind of the, – the bulk of my kind of customer base is, is you know, diehard kit builders and things like that um, who kind of know what they're doing. And to be honest, tell me what to do, and I'm, I'm learning from these guys. Mm-hmm. But, but you wouldn't say the Blackhawks are beginner wing anyway, Greg, would you? Mm-hmm. If somebody came to you and said, I want to, you know, I want to try wings, the Blackhawk isn't the way to go. Absolutely no, no. I would I would recommend um, the Firefly or the Vortigaunt. They're a lot more stable and a lot more forgiving. Um, a lot of guys think go for the Vortini, which is the small one. Um, we'll go for that because it's small, but actually 
the smaller you go, the more unstable it is. You want to go as big as possible. So when you when you launch it, it's got that natural stabilization. And I'd, I'd probably go for the Vortigaunt or the, yeah. <laughs> so the Firefly. You, you know the Vortigaunt? What's with that landing gear? It's a bit big, isn't it? What landing gear? Behind you. He looks <laughs> behind you, yeah. <laughs> That's the, not the roll. I know, I know. <laughs> so he's he, he, totally confusing. Is it a roll of packing stuff or something? That is that is laminate. Oh, That's enough. a roll of laminate. Mm. Yeah, I was I was going to add it to all the kits, but everyone comes to my house and steals it because they all know that I've got it. Uh, my good friend, <laughs> my good friend James of mine, uh, he he's he's probably taking about. 300 meters of the stuff for me, but hey, he, he's got oh. a black corner. Ah, uh, Lee's got some as well. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, Greg, can I just say this is all your bloody fault, right? Because I was, I was happy living in a world without lamination. I, I resigned myself to the fact that lamination was just, 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 you know, something I, I didn't have to do. And, and now you've made me do it again. I'm like, actually, you know what? That's, it makes it the makes, wings bloody bulletproof. So it makes um, all the difference, all the difference. Yeah. So yeah, so there we are, thirty Good meters. For you. Good. Thanks. So, no problem. I I'm going to make laminate great again. Well, to to be fair, you know, I mean, I, the, the the whole laminate thing, because um, I did that little video and and put it out thinking there's going to be about 12 people that will go, oh, thanks, mate, that's good video. And it went mad. Loads of people watched it and went, oh, brilliant, a, a video yeah. on laminate that talks about the temperatures. And I didn't realise that it was a, a thing. But can we talk a little bit about, the, you know, the why the Black Hawk, in your opinion, isn't a beginner wing? And go back to that a little bit. Because right. you, you've glossed over some of the... Some of the because the, there's some big differences with this bad boy over you know things like the Drax. Um, apologies for putting it in front of the mic. That's probably not helping you hear my voice. But if you look at the the way the wing is set, if you look through the laminate, it's actually a very very thin wing, and it's symmetrical. You know, it's it's unlike the, the wing I've got on any other model, including things like the Drax. You talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so this is essentially the same airfoil as a spec race wing. So it's symmetrical, uh, meaning that it you know, generates the same lift flying regularly or inverted. And it's really thin. So um, the way I think of it as if you've got like a proper like lifting airfoil, the more kind of throttle you give, like the faster you go, the more lift it will generate. But where with this is like you've got a kind of steady kind of um, constant uh, lift generation throughout the throttle range so it means like for me like I can point the nose in the direction I want to go gun the throttle and it will essentially hold its nose on that point until I you know bank or yank or whatever so for me uh, you know you, you really need to keep the speed up on this thing it's fast and you, it likes to be flown fast so it's not ideal for the for the beginner like if you know the, the stall speed's quite high so you have to keep it moving <laughs> I'm only laughing because you will see exactly where the soul speed is on my maiden video at the weekend. Because <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, because it's about 12, 30 miles an hour, and then the wing just stalls and it just goes, you know what, I'm out. Whereas, yeah, uh, yeah and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah. But, but the but, flip side to that is it means you, you can kind of get the, the top end speed out of it. Um, yeah, but just, just keep it moving is what I'm, keep the beans on. I, I mean, put your <laughs> throttle on a switch. And then just leave it until your battery runs out. Yeah. So yeah. does this mean that the launch is quite a, you know, it's you don't want to do that being timid. You really want to give it a good You have to whack. really, really go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I re well, I recommend like a 1400 uh, KV or more. I actually fly mine with an 1800 and I'm currently building a, an 1800 six cell. So that will give you an idea. So I know Lee was flying with a thousand kV, and that's a bit kind of on the edge. I mean, it's fine; you can get it flying, but you, uh, the Blackhawk likes power. So give it as much power as you can, and then you'll be fine. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of how insane eighteen hundred kV is, my thousand kV setup was running at uh, full speed, ninety-two amps at cruise, forty-five miles an hour. Sorry, it, full speed was seventy-two miles an hour. Cruise was about 45 miles an hour pulling nine amps. And that was on a thousand. And I've actually ordered another motor. I'm replacing the motor on mine with a 1250. It needs a, it, 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 
going back to what Greg says, this is absolutely built for speed. It is not built for kind of floating and fannying about and having a lovely view of the countryside. This is about flying over treetop height at 100 plus miles an hour with your ass on fire. Um, and that's absolutely why I, I agree with Greg. It's not a beginner wing. There is no way I would pass the controls of this to somebody who hadn't been flying for at least a couple of years. Uh, whereas with the Drax, and this is why, you know, it kind of, it's kind of funny, a lot of the people are kind of claiming it's a Drax clone. It flies, uh, apart from the layout's completely different, it flies nothing like the Drax. You know, the Drax, you know, to, I was telling a funny story um, to, to Frank before we started. When I did my mini Drax, I, my very first landing on my first maiden, coming into a 300-yard long field, I came in just over the fence, was about four foot high, cut the power, and the mini drag just kind of um, floated and floated and floated right the way down the field, about 50 yards from the, uh, the, the fence at the other end. I started panicking, put the power on and pulled out. You know, this it just, it floats. This thing does not float. It cuts the air like a knife. So if you've got the power on, it is completely locked in straight. You'll see the video from the maiden at the weekend. I went into manual mode. I have INAV in it, of course, for the auto launch and stuff and the OSD. I flipped it into manual mode and then didn't come out of manual mode. And it actually looks like I've got stabilization running in, in the F, in the video out the front from the run cam. And I haven't. It's just, it just you point it at something and you blip the throttle and it just goes. It's, it's very, very different flying characteristics from the drag. Oh, that's cool. So two questions on that then. The the symmetrical airfoil sounds really interesting because I remember like just on regular wings, if you put them in a dive, you're sort of fighting. It wants to pull up because the, the, the way the airfoil works, it wants to generate lift. So that's just going to just go straight down, isn't yeah. it, basically? Yeah. It's, oh, it's, think, cool. of it, think of it as point and shoot. <laughs> <laughs> point, yeah, don't forget wherever, to pull out. Yeah, wherever you point it, it will go there. That's cool. So, because I know Ewan worked on uh, the the previous wings, he he worked on I don't know what to call them. It's not like winglets; it's the ones on the inside. Because he was trying to get rid of any sort of yaw wobble and stuff like that. Yeah, so, he and, toe out or toe in. I can't remember what you. Yeah, uh, he, he did out. something. It, it really did change the the characteristics. But it sounds like that airfall is is basically if you've got a wing that now doesn't doesn't give you any yaw wobble and and basically is is just cuts through as, as Lee was saying there now. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Nice. I'm see, uh, yeah. I'm seeing some really good, like, uh, like because the Blackhawks just now going out, all the videos are starting to come in and I'm, I mean, I don't really get a lot of time to fly. So it's really great, great to see my, my customers posting videos. And from what I'm seeing is it's like, wow, it's locked in. It's really, really stable. Very little, uh, your, your wag, uh, whatsoever. Um, I, I don't know whether we can post the video, um, of one of my friends, James's video. Hey, it kind of he flies it the way I kind of built it, you know, intended to be flown. I don't know whether you can kind of show it, but um, yeah, you'll see that's got very it's very stable. Um, and then, but I think he's got his his throttle all the way up for the full flight. He's just loving it. He's just enjoying it. But he's still. He, I mean, he said he said he sent me videos of of him flying right out as well. It can kind of do mid range as well. So it's not it's not by all means you know <laughs> just speed it can it can go distance but there's probably better ways of nothing wrong with going it. really fast all the time that's perfectly fine yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> probably better if you want to go long range there's probably better platforms I've, I've got a little bit of a like you know the a segment are we doing segments now are we? yeah just just quickly okay this is new it's obviously um, not told any of us you know you can, this is very uh, professional Painless. I don't know whether you can talk about uh, NFH or not. Just nod yes if you can, or <laughs> no if you can't. Or look but, confused. <laughs> yeah, no worries. He will know instantly. Um, but I, I live next door. No, I've got a new neighbour, and he's northern. Um, and oh, oh yeah, hey, sorry, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotcha, can talk gotcha, about gotcha. that. Uh, so this new segment is whenever he goes home, I ask him, "Here, mate, you're northern. Bring me something northern back." And he has brought me a northern treat. So we're going to play ear painless. You're northern. What's the Fish? deal with an all-American chip spice? What you see? What? I, that's I, not that's not northern. That is not northern. If if it was a northern delicacy, it would be well. If you wigged, it was going to be a pie, a brown sauce. Obviously, you've got loads of delicacies like um, the uh, 
I know. The stuff that you put on your chips. You guys don't tend to have it down south a lot, but gravy. Ugh. We have we have gravy up north, <laughs> believe it or not. I've walked, I've walked, you know, there's lots of different things you could have cho- that he could have chosen. So I'm not sure why Hull has a thing for American chip spice. I didn't even know that was a thing. It is apparently a thing. It's in every chip shop, and apparently it's delicious. Its main ingredients include paprika and tomato powder. And then the next one is flavor enhancer, which is clearly MSG. But uh, yeah, so yeah, and uh, no, there's a very good question there. Have you tried it? I haven't yet. I have not tried so, it. So, you, so you're not you're not going to dip your finger in and just give it a, give it a quick taste live on air. I'm I'm tempted with uh, just do a line of it. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Caroline Taylor donated. I'll, I'll, I'll cook some chips and we'll try it next week. And we'll thanks, thanks, thanks yeah. Caroline, for your five pound donation. Thank you so Very much. much. Here we go. All our patrons, all the donations. It helps. Thank you so much. Two so different things in chip shops in Scotland. I was Edinburgh and Glasgow. I know different places, but. When I went into a chip shop there, someone growled at me. So I said yes. And he put weird stuff on my chips. And it turned out he was asking if I wanted sauce and salt. But the sauce sauce. isn't like ketchup or anything. It's That's for that strange lot over on the East Coast. Yeah, that's for Ah. Edinburgh kind of. And the kind of West Coast is salt and vinegar. But in the the East Coast, it's classic. Yeah, salt and sauce. Yeah, they're they're a strange lot over there, to be honest. Great. Saying Being... I'm American and I don't know what it is. I'm, uh, I'm from I'm from I'm Welsh and I've never heard of it. Yeah. Maybe a joke uh, trick, Jack. Uh, uh, Greg, what's it like being more northern than a northerner? I've never hung, hung around with this many southerners before. <laughs> How do you my wife? We, we've got tans and stuff, and we see the sun more than you. Yeah, true. Yeah, but we're Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like swings and roundabouts isn't it yeah yeah no, uh, um, another question here from richard warwick does blue have any experience flying wings yeah barely any just a tiny little bit but i can't even tell the difference and i was actually gonna ask you this question but it's uh it's a very noob question no, <laughs> what what does it what does it change the you know the the shape that you use in this model the forward swept design? What does it actually change? Is it what makes it a non-beginner like kind of a faster wing, or is it is it something else? It's just different flight characteristics, um, different stall speeds, and things like that. It's like to be honest, like when I design a wing, I'm not actually going that in depth into the science of it. To be honest, ninety percent of my design decisions are made is because does it look cool and what you'll find is if something looks good if something looks like it will fly it, it probably will and um, I'm by I'm not like an aerospace engineer or anything like that so a lot of my design choices are like does it look like it was it would fly and if, <laughs> if the answer is yes then I've always found out to be that that is the case um, I've not kind of been proven wrong in that yet <laughs> That's good. I like so that yeah, answer. sorry, that's not really a scientific answer, but that's the kind of way. I, that's the way I do it, to be honest. <laughs> so I would probably be the person who would get a ready-to-fly wing. Uh, I've built one in the past, but I I flew a couple of times, and it's just not for me. I, I guess I just didn't fly enough to learn to enjoy it. It's quite a quite a hard experience to get started. I mean, with the quads, it's just mm-hmm. so simple, like. The biggest challenge for people getting a fixed wing is the launch. Um, it's so it is for kinda, me. Yeah. yeah, with a quad, you know, you just you just take off and go, and that's it, and it's, it's brilliant. But um, the, the launching kind of puts off a lot of people getting into kind of fixed wing. But um, what you find is, I've seen a lot of quad guys getting into fixed wing more, and once they get kind of past that initial stage, they actually end up really enjoying it just as much as they like flying the quads. If some even like it more, so it's kind of like I fly quads as well. I, I really enjoy flying quads as well. Um, I actually kind of go through different kind of stages. I go through different moods of what I, what I like flying. But but right now, I mean, I'm kind of back to my wings. Um, maybe a few months ago, I was kind of into flying quads. I've got a, a seven-inch long-range quad here. 
So um, I'm not really, uh, so that's the kind of, I'm into more of the long range stuff. Anything that can kind of fly similar to a wing. (laughs) 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 I I like, um, I just like the flying style of of wings. Um, For me, they got into, um, I'm not really into the kind of flippy floppy stuff. It's like FPV gives me the ability to fly. So I, I never understood people who flew like, below trees or in bandos and things like that it's like why would you, if you could fly would you fly about in an abandoned building no you'd, you'd be up playing with the clouds mm. hopefully uh, if stick within the guidelines of course feet, yeah yeah no, you stick, stick within the guidelines but you know so with with the seven inch quad you know it kind of gives you that kind of nice smooth kind of like almost fixed wing-esque flying style um so yeah i mean i've kind of go through stages with that um, i don't think i'd go back to kind of five inch flippy floppy stuff i used to do that stuff but it gets a bit boring to be honest um yeah, give me, give me a fix wing any day. Is there I, any I way... The... Go on, oh, I'll go. I, I was just going to say, I think the other thing that can put quad pilots off going to fix wings, if they look at the footage, it always looks shaky. Mm-hmm. But it's kind mm-hmm. of the difference between looking at someone else's DVR and actually flying it and realising that you're sort of, you know, you're bouncing along on the air currents and stuff. And when you're yeah. in the goggles feeling that, it's a completely different thing than, yeah. than watching it. And your eyes will just sort of adjust to what you're doing, not yeah. like, oh, I'm all bumpy. You actually learn to enjoy that. It's kind of you feel more more organic flying. It's yeah, more you know like, something's happening. It's like yeah, you're, you're flying with nature. Got, yeah, yeah, you, and you can, you can tell what part of the air is calm and how high you have to be to in that calm air versus like yeah. when you're coming down. Like a, a, this, this would be interesting to, to see how your symmetrical airfall. Well, when you're coming down low over trees and you've got that turbulence starting to happen and you're all sort of bumpy and you're like you're hanging on for dear life here. Am I yeah. going to make it through? All good fun. <laughs> yep. What wing would you um, use if it was windy? Probably the Vorticon. You In the wind, you want to kind of go as big as you can, as stable as you can. Um, there's a saying, like, the, the, the aircraft never doesn't know how windy it is. So wind's your friend when you're flying with fixed wing. And if you can kind of learn to fly within windy conditions, like living in Scotland, um, you're never going to get the perfect flying day. So... If you're waiting for the perfect flying day in Scotland, you'll you'll never fly. You'll so. be waiting forever. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I, I've, I've heard if you don't like the weather in Scotland, wait 20 minutes and then it will change. Yeah, yeah. Because you need to be yeah, quick. It'll still be gonna, raining. Yeah. It'll just be windy and raining. <laughs> yeah, or blizzards. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, today we had about four different – we had the four seasons. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably go for the bigger one. However – I'll be interested. I haven't flown the Blackhawk actually in pretty bad conditions, but I reckon that could handle it quite well, purely for the kind of penetration. Okay, the penetration through the the wind should should handle it quite well. See, yes, I, used, I used to always wait. I used to fly my quads in the wind and then wait for calm evenings in a summer to fly my wings. Never yeah, used yeah. to really enjoy flying stuff in there. Yeah, I think if you just learn to like how to fly in these windy conditions and you can relax and kind of kind of take it in your stride then you can learn it's a different style of flying it's mm. like I used to fly in, I used to not go flying in the wind because it wasn't fun but like if you learn how to fly in the wind then you can accept right I'm going to be knocked about but if you kind of learn to enjoy that then it's a whole different aspect of flying as well mm. it makes the cam days even better <laughs> yeah I'll, bet. I'll, I'll probably get a seasick <laughs> it's a lot how- I find it sorry go on go on no, I was just going to ask, but how do you launch them if you're a tiny person with no muscles? What's yeah, your... Like Tony. <laughs> do you have any tips? <laughs> <laughs> you, you cheat and you use something. So you put iNav, put a flight controller in it and get an iNav to do all the hard work. And then you literally just chuck it in the air and iNav will do all of the all of the hard stuff, get it into the air for you. And also it gives you the return to home. So if you do do something a little bit silly and accidentally get out of FPV range, you just have an OD switch and it flies back and circles over your head. If you're a quad pilot and you understand beta flight, iNav is really similar. The setup is very similar. And it, I, I have all of my wings, including this one that I built, has a flight controller in here. And in here it's running iNav. So, um, how expensive does it get then, Painless, once you do all that? Per not really. Well, no, not really. Because the base is in there, and it's a lot cheaper well, no, than quads. Is, yeah, yeah, it's a load cheaper than quads because you don't have. You only have one ESC. You have one motor, mm-hmm. and, yeah, one yeah. and you won't crash that open, I guess. Uh, the, the, 
Well, <laughs> my, my, <laughs> with regards to launching, my, my advice would be have somebody launch it for you so that you're there on the sticks from the get-go and you're able to do any correction inputs immediately. The problem with launching yourself is like, once you throw it, it's like the race to get your hand on the stick and that half a mm. second it takes you to get onto the control, it's it's inverted and then you're plowing into the ground mm. and you're like, this is I'm going back to quads. But yeah, I, I, would, I, would, uh, I would get somebody to throw it, like just sort of flat and level and then just have your, have your hands on the sticks from the get-go and yeah. you'll be fine. The or challenge is, Greg, that you have to find a mate who knows how to throw it flat and level. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if, you're in a, if you're in a group of quad pilots who've never flown a wing and you give them a wing, just go, just throw that flat and level. It's like asking somebody to, you know, throw a 100%, I, I can oh, relate to man. that. It was Black Hawk Prototype 3, I think it was. I went up to the airfield and I met the guy up there I've never met before and he was telling me how he's flown wings for years. I was all oh, brilliant. He's flown wings for years. What launched this wing for me? And I swear to God, it was the worst launch ever. <laughs> as soon as he left its hand, it was it was like that, and then it just cartwheeled on the ground. And then my motor came flying off. I was like, you know what? That's the last time I'm going to ask anyone to launch my wing from. Mm. You say that. So, I was time. just going to say, learning how to throw left hand is very handy because you can have one. True. If yeah. you're mo two, you've got one thumb on the mm. six. This is why you see people biting their controllers. They're pushing yeah. up. The uh, they're giving yeah. it a good old whack, and they're straight on the stick. Just very quickly before we wrap up. Uh, so, with the the lineup that you've got at the moment, so you've got the the Black Hawk is your kind of all out speed monster. Right, I'd call it like the fighter jet okay. of the lineup. It's just fun and fast uh, and, and, and agile. And then your the the Spectra is the spec wing, the racing wing, yeah, yeah. And so then, that that's been built within kind of within the kind of it's the fixed wing spec racing. It's the IB crazy specifications. I built it towards that, but it's it's not been approved by them. I've not sent it to them to be approved, but I built it within their constraints. So I don't know whether if the British kind of racing, I don't even know if British racing, if fixed wing racing is going to happen, but it should kind of tick all the boxes if if, if somebody wanted to get into fixed wing spec racing. If anyone does have a lead on any UK FPV wing racing, uh, let me know. Cause I've heard been... chat about it for about two or three years and nothing's we've, ever happened. We've, mm. we've had groups invited to mini air show every mm-hmm. year for the past four years and... We've had some groups turn up, but I haven't seen any organized races. So if anyone knows of anything, let us know. Um, yeah, so and then there's the, the Vortigaunt that you were saying was kind of your efficiency. Like- that's your kind of your more your long range, stable mm. cruiser. If you're living in a country that's constantly windy, then probably the Vortigaunt is kind of your all rounder. You can kind of get, you can go out and fly in, in most dry days with it. Mm-hmm. And then the Firefly, which is kind of probably in between the two, and it's you know kind of compact. You can stick it in the boot, the boot of your car. That's it's very stable as well. And then the Voltini is the sub two fifty, right? Yeah, sub two fifty. It can be built to sub two fifty, but I think a lot of the guys kind of tend to kind of go over sub two fifty. But it, it can be built to that. Yeah, I have to say that that's that's the one I have flown. Uh, oh really? Yeah, and but I flew I flew that one line of sight because the that would have been I was, fun. Ma- I was maidening it, uh, so I didn't really know what I was expecting, uh, and the FPV was a bit questionable. So I was like, I'll just line of sight it; it'll be fine. And it, it is quite small and quite fast. So yes. my lasting That's, memory of yeah. it is if it's. I can't really see it. Oh, it's there. It is. Oh, it's gone again. Yeah. Back again. It's gone again. There's some guys in the community who put like six S in that thing and like twin motored it, and it's it's just stupid what they've been doing with it. It's absolutely brilliant, but it's mm. it's it's pretty crazy what the guys have been doing with that that, that aircraft. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good fun. Uh, where where can people actually find uh, your E wing stuff? But also, where can people kind of get in with the E wings community? Okay, well, our website's ewingsfpv.co.uk. Um, but if you kind of want to just chat, if you've got any questions, probably your Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. Um, Ewing Pilots um, on Facebook is your, your best bet. Um, you join that. Um, it's a good kind of group of group of people who got experience in flying our, our aircraft and can help out anyone with any questions. And one final question from Fraser, who emailed this in advance. Uh, how fast is Buckfast? It's fast. 
Good. <laughs> That's cleared that Don't one up. Cleared that up. <laughs> the, there's been a few people that have been asking if they can see any um, footage for the Black Hawk. Uh, when's it going to be available on your channel? Uh, it, I think it's out on Saturday for the Maiden, and it's got lots of FPV footage. It's completely unedited, literally from the point where I throw it with auto-launch to the point where it uh, stalls and falls into the grass. Uh, the whole thing's on there, so it'll be up on Saturday. But actually, if you check out the Facebook group, there's lots of the videos as well, uh, some of the pilots. And, and check Instagram, because on the Instagram feeds from E-Wings, uh, Greg's also been po- kind of posting links to some of the other pilots doing flying as well. Uh, and it's just some of the stuff is eye-wateringly good. Uh, it just shows what a cool airframe it is if you know what you're doing. Thank you. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. We are powered, sponsored, and somehow this show keeps running by the likes of <laughs> you guys who uh, donate and all our Patreons. We love you guys. Uh, don't forget that we do a bonus podcast every month. And we have been joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Goodbye. Our guest host, Painter360. Goodbye. Andrew slash Frank, the Lord and Master. Hi. Our guest for tonight, Greg from E-Wings. Goodbye. The lovely Blue Owl. Bye, see you next week. You better learn how to fly a wing. And (laughs) my wonderful wife, Tony. Bye. Thank you and good night. I'll be bright until I fly. Bye. Bye. Telemetry lost.